You're listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Jonathan Patz, Associate Professor of Environmental Studies and Population Health Sciences, University of Wisconsin, a leader at the Center for Sustainability and Global Environment, editor of Echo Health, past co-chairman of the Health Expert Panel of the United States National Assessment on Climate Change. Thank you, Dr. Pants, for joining us. Thank you, Maurice. Can you tell me, do you think global warming is a theory, or has it been substantiated by scientific research? Well, I, I think now with the latest assessment from the United Nations uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, that have just they've released their reports this uh, this past spring. Uh, I think that argument is over. I mean, the climatologists around the world are are ninety percent certain that not only is there global warming, but that it is caused by burning fossil fuels and human activity. So I think that argument is really over. Do you think it's contributing to air pollution across the world? Well, you know, there are many countries uh, that are experiencing tremendous air pollution problems, especially. China, for example, and air pollution, as we know, comes from burning fossil fuels. Burning fossil fuels also causes global warming. Now, there is one air pollutant that is especially sensitive to to temperature change, and that is ozone. This is a ground-level photochemical smog, you know, the brown haze that's very unhealthy for asthmatics and anyone with respiratory problems. Ozone is actually a secondary pollutant. In other words, it's formed when uh, the nitrogen oxides from your tailpipe or from smokestacks combined with volatile organic compounds like unburned gasoline, the fumes and things like that. It forms with sunlight and high temperature. So if temperatures increase more, this chemical reaction that forms ground-level ozone, not, not the good stratospheric ozone that protects us, but the ground-level photochemical smog that's very dangerous to breathe. There have been studies that show a very strong temperature effect on ozone. In fact, a recent study came out that asked the question, if we look at the projected warming for the eastern United States, what would that warming uh, temperature mean for ozone air pollution? And the findings were that we may see by the middle of this century, by the 2050s, a 68% increase in the frequency of red ozone alert days. These are, you know, days that are unhealthy, that health warnings that tell asthmatics and other folks to stay in, indoors. That simply by the increase in temperature that we may have more ozone problems and, and respiratory disease. Uh, another um, problem is that according to this recent United Nations report, uh, we may also see more stagnant air masses as well as warming. And with stagnant air masses and warming, you're going to be seeing more intense heat waves accompanied by worsening ozone air pollution. Do you have any answers for this particular problem that we've been discussing? You know, I think that addressing global warming provides uh, an incredible opportunity to solve several problems at the same time. We know that there are many consequences of warming, be it uh, looking at water supplies, biodiversity, agriculture, and some of the uh, health impacts we've, we've talked about, heat waves, air pollution, many different insect-borne diseases and waterborne diseases. But when you think about these, right now, what's the number one epidemic in this country? 
it's it's obesity, and it's for several reasons. It's from you know diet and uh, mass marketing of junk food, but it's also from urban design and being reliant on the automobile and not exercising. In fact, if you look at the ten leading causes of death in this country: cardiovascular disease, cancer, strokes, diabetes. These diseases are all related to sedentary lifestyle. So think about this: if we try to address global warming by reducing fossil fuel burning, we actually generate a third of our greenhouse gas emissions from burning fossil fuels through our transportation system. And if we were to redesign our cities, or at least step by step try to make improvements to promote walking. And bicycling, rather than being overly dependent on the automobile,、uh, we could have a triple win because people would be exercising more. So we'd have improved fitness and possibly、uh, steps against this、uh, obesity epidemic. We would reduce local air pollution because、uh, certainly I don't think we uh, exhaust uh, too much、uh, greenhouse gases on a bike compared to a car. Uh, and then the third, of course, if we're swapping out cars for bikes, then we reduce our CO2 emissions and we reduce greenhouse gases and global warming. So a triple win: personal fitness, local air pollution reduction, and reduced greenhouse gases.、Uh, here we can address,、uh, you know, global warming policy through sustainable urban design, promoting exercise.、Uh, you'd have a triple win, and I think. That、uh, then confronting climate change really is is a tremendous opportunity to to have multiple benefits for public health. In a recent movie, our ex vice president said, "What changed with Hurricane Katrina was a feeling that we are entering a period of consequences." And, it, and from what you just said, we have to accept the consequences of what we're doing to our climate, and also what we're doing to our personal bodies. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and our guest is Dr. Jonathan Patz, who is associate professor of environmental studies at the University of Wisconsin Madison, and we've been discussing global warming and its effects on health. Dr. Patz, do you think our government is doing enough? Well, I think our federal government really、uh, is not in in touch with climate change, and and at that level, where we were, it sort of was embarrassing when we backed out of the international treaties, the Kyoto Protocol on global warming. But I think that right now we're at a level of awareness in this country that the cities and states are way way in front of our current、uh, federal administration, and. There are already over 300 cities that have signed up with the Mayor's Climate Protection Initiative, where they're promising to reduce greenhouse gases across cities.、Uh, many states have,、uh, especially California, has one of the strictest、uh, carbon emissions、uh, policies of anywhere in the world. And、uh, I know that you're aware of the、um, recent lawsuit where s- several states、uh, banded together and sued the the government. To regulate carbon dioxide emissions, just like they do with other air pollutants like particulates and lead and and、uh, SO2. So, the recent ruling in the Supreme Court that actually said yes, indeed, we need to regulate CO2 as an, a regular air pollutant. That is a tremendous、uh, benchmark of 
awareness and 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 will certainly uh lead to uh i think political will to change will be required to re- re- reduce our greenhouse gases so even though our federal government i think really has been quite irresponsible on the climate change front i think the rest of the country including many uh parts of industry are on board and ready to to move forward where we really need to did it bother you that the Supreme Court decision was only five to four, and John Roberts, in his dissent, said he was worried about the complexities of the science of climate change? Well, I, I think, of course, you know, there are various viewpoints, and there are also a lot of special interests uh, in this issue. In, in any scientific question, it's very difficult to know for sure and have 100% certainty, uh, and we, we hardly ever make decisions with 100% certainty. But when climatologists, and these are, you know, the best climatologists from around the world come together uh, under the United Nations assessment on climate change and come out with a finding that they are 90% certain that the global warming, number one, global warming is real, it's happening, we just measure that uh, from temperature around the world. That's not debatable. What has been uh, of debate is who's causing global warming. Is it just natural cycles or is it burning fossil fuels. And now, you know, these scientists, climatologists around the world are saying with 90% certainty that it's from burning fossil fuels and it is not a natural warming. Uh, when you hear a message like that, you simply can't ignore it. And when people say there's uncertainty, well, you know, there is a range of warming that's projected. Is it going to be two degrees warmer or six degrees centigrade warmer? That's, you know, there are ranges of and probabilities, but the fact that global warming is happening at a rapid rate and is caused by human pollution, I don't think there's an argument anymore. And if, if people still are debating it, I think they're they're fooling themselves. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reach MDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and our guest is Dr. Jonathan Patz. We're discussing global warming and its effect on health. Do you think, uh, although this isn't in your field, what is your opinion? Do you think progress would be faster if we enact regulations that give a private sector a profit motive? This is out of my field, but I think that there needs to be uh, incentives in place uh, and disincentives. And I think carbon taxes uh, are something that really we have to discuss as far as having disincentives for people that are releasing CO2. The cap-and-trade argument, uh, I think that's also this issue. It's a global problem if we can just get below a, uh, on aggregate, a lower amount of CO2, it doesn't necessarily matter where you reduce CO2. That's this cap and trade thing. But if we do that, we have to be very careful that we don't uh, skew the market where we grandfather in uh, large polluters and say, well, you're polluting so much that we'll give you uh, a little leeway. I think we have to be careful not to do that. And if we're going to do Cap and trade. We have to. It has to be a, a real fair uh, market exercise, and let the free market uh, run it. Do you think we've been slow, mainly because this is all about jobs? I think that that is actually a question that has been misleading to a lot of people, because I think that there's tremendous economic opportunity in going to more renewable energy and having a more uh, sustainable uh, environmental policy. I mean, I think, uh, you know, just look at the, the, how the American auto, auto industry made fun of Toyota and they sort of laughed at their uh, Toyota 
Prius hybrid vehicle saying, why why are they spending so much money on that car? They're they're crazy. And now, you know, that's probably the best-selling car, and Toyota has taken over as number one. Uh, I think there's um, tremendous job opportunity in in changing to towards renewables. It's it's just that uh, I don't know why we've been stubborn about it. If it's vested interest, I think we got to get over those hurdles. I think all of us agree with that. I want to thank Dr. Jonathan Patz, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing global warming. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM233 the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.